Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Broke Down Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Jonathan, and this is episode 103. It's getting late in the year, but I'm actually aiming to squeeze in one more show before it's all done. It's going to be a wild one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves or make promises that my calendar can't cash. First, I want to remind you that the Broke Down Podcast is a founding community podcast of Osiris. Osiris Media is in the business of making great things about the things that you love, whether it's podcasts like Undermine or the upcoming fiction podcasts like Sugar Maple, like Sugar Maple, or the upcoming fiction podcast like Sugar Maple, or live events like the one they held last week in Philadelphia featuring music and live interviews. They've got something for you. Find out more at OsirisPod.com. In this episode, we're going to talk about a bunch of good music. I'm not sure how I can be expected to keep it all straight, but I can assure you that I will post links to as much as possible on the blog. So go ahead and pull up brokedownpodcast.blogspot.com right now and you'll see the show notes. If you're late on this show, I'm you may need to poke around a bit to find episode 103. I'll wait. Actually, I won't really wait. You can just hit pause if you need more time. Okay, so now that you've found it, I will point out that you can see links to my shirts, my t-shirts right there on this page. They all feature my lovely logo. Thanks, Sean. You can get them in any color you like. You can also get mugs and a variety of other interesting stuff. These all make excellent Christmas gifts and even better late Christmas gifts. Also excellent for belated Hanukkah, perfectly on-time birthday, and other sorts of gift-giving opportunities. Plus, they're cheap enough to buy for yourself without any guilt. But that's not the reason I sent you there. I sent you there to look at all the links to the music from this episode's guest, PG6. PG6, or Pat Gubler, if you're a government agent, I suppose, is a talented multi-instrumentalist who has, over the past more than 20 years, released music as a solo artist, as a member of the legendary Tower Recordings, as one half of Wet Tuna. You may recall Matt Valentine was uh, on the show way back in episode 25. You do recall that, right? You've been listening that long or you're all caught up, right? Okay. Uh, Anyways, he also plays with Garcia Peoples, and his latest releases are out now on Feeding Tube Records. Uh, The most recent is a duo with Tara Lee Peterson, released as PG6 and Louise Bach, entitled All Summer Long Is Gone. She provides alto sax and vocals, while Pat provides Celtic harp and keyboards, and if you think that sounds wild, you're not wrong. It's wonderful, though. So I will quickly remind you to follow me on Twitter, and Instagram at BrokedownPod. Keep your eyes on the show notes at BrokedownPodcast.blogspot.com so you can hit the 300 Bandcamp and other links that I've supplied for this episode, and also so you can pick up on the music that I will play after the interview. So stick around for music after this, my chat with Pat Kubler, a.k.a. PG6. Going here. Doing all right? Uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Cool. Good to see you. It's... Uh... So I saw you kind of early in the uh, that Garcia People's tour, and uh, you guys played a bunch of dates after that. It was it was, it was quite a quite a few. It was uh, you know it was pretty uncertain, you know, as to at times like not even knowing if they were going to happen. Right. Um, but um, it's a little bit of like zero to sixty, right? You would go from like virtually almost no shows, you know, a couple here and there, and then like. Poof, quick tour yeah. You know? yeah it was a lot so, yeah well you guys uh weather it all right then yeah i think so i think Good. so i think people 
yeah, people are, people are doing okay. <laughs> Excellent. That's good to hear. The playing that I got to hear was good. So I, I like to imagine that a band like that one can uh, kind of coalesce a little more and more over the course of a tour with regular playing. So um, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think there were some, I mean, there were some, uh, there were some highlights and I think, you know, some, I think there was points where we got better and then there was some, you know, there's some nights where you, I think fatigue sort of sets in. Right. I, I think that's uh, bound to happen fatigue or, you know, highs and lows with any band that it, it takes chances on stage, right? That's, you know, if you're going to improvise some days, it's not as, uh, as high as it can be on other days, which is part of the adventure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's, yeah, there's so many, so many factors, uh, you know, to consider, yeah, just like working with, you know, you're working with different, different sound engineers every night and, um, yeah. you know, different rooms and the kind the kinds of, uh, curve balls that they might throw. Right. I think, um, I don't know who it is. Somebody, somebody in the dead once said, you know, it's like some night, you, you know, you're just thinking about how the string doesn't want to be in tune and other nights you're not thinking and, mm. uh, you know, guess which one's better. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I I want to I want to make sure I say this on tape. Thank you for sitting down to talk with me. I, I've I've been a fan of a lot of your work. I mean, just you've got a a lot of different things that I've I've been you know lucky enough to hear, and uh, I'm glad we can maybe sit down and kind of go through some of them. Um, well, thanks a lot. Yeah. So, uh, like, I we'll we'll jump around in time i'd like to maybe we can talk about this most recent thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna hold it up because it's good radio this uh this new tape uh, oh, okay. of yours uh with uh louise bach though that's not her name right uh, as you actually pointed this out to me tara lee peterson under the name yeah louise bach yeah um this is a it's a really cool tape. I, I I listened to actually honestly I haven't played the cassette. I you know but I uh, I listened to it in the car uh, again today and it's um I'm not entirely sure I'm qualified to describe it. But uh, I can you tell me a little bit about like the project? What brought you guys together and like what you're uh where you're going for with this? Because I dig it. Uh, well, I, we, we had met through, uh, like she's been in a band for uh, a number of years called Spires that in the sunset rise. Uh, so I, I knew I've, I've known her and, um, her bandmate, uh, Cab Baird for a, a few years. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we had, Tara Lee and I had talked about doing something, I mean, some kind of collaboration kind of through the mail or through the internet um, at, at some point. And I get, you know, it, it, it just so happened that it wound up, you know, to be a, uh, like a pandemic record. <laughs> um, a lot of those going around. Yeah. A lot of those going around. And I mean, it, it was a nice, I mean, I, I was doing, like other kind of you know collaborative music like that um you know during you know during uh lockdown and it was it was really good uh i mean good for me personally just you know have things to uh some creative work to focus on um i mean i 
I guess some of the like the touch points in 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 that music. I mean, it, it's kind of like it, it reminds me of kind of like that early. Uh, um, well, it's kind of like where you know, like we had a Venn diagram where you have sort of like you know sort of drone music and new age music and that kind of uh, you know like you know the more ex experimental side stuff. Uh, like and how it, how it sort of amalgams uh, together, uh, it's it kind of kind of has a little bit of, of the vibe of that. Like it's not really it's not really academic. Um, it just kind of is uh, like atmospheric. Yeah, uh, I was coming up from Richmond, not on the interstate this afternoon, and just kind of rolling over the hills at 60 miles an hour with this tape kind of playing and uh, it really set a nice vibe one of the tunes that really got me thinking about your the maybe the process of this was um broken water and it it, it started with you know like a synthesizer loop perhaps mm -hmm. is that is that kind of like uh one of the starting points yeah i mean i if if I if I'm thinking of, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I think pretty much all the pieces like I I laid like some kind of gr groundwork with either you know synthesizer or with uh, like Celtic harp and sent it to her to I mean I guess that's kind of like a you know traditional way of doing it like if someone's playing like a melodic instrument like a saxophone you sure. know somebody's like laying down uh, you know. Uh, you know, patterns or chords on, uh, you know, an accompanying instrument. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there was, I mean, I think that was something that we had talked about, you know, trying to, trying to like, you know, reverse that process, you know, like, you know, me, you know, you know, kind of doing, doing the opposite. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think we did it. I think we, I think, I, I think we kind of stuck to, to that, um, you know, to that. Well, it seems work, to work. I mean, you know, she's working with loops too. Um, your mm -hmm. harp, uh, I'm looking at this picture, it's a little bigger on my screen than it is inside the cassette. And I realize, you know, my, my, uh, my 17 year old daughter plays a harp quite a bit like that one. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, and she was in the car with me today and I was like, listen to this, listen to this harp. <laughs> Cause I'm always trying to open her, um, I mean, she's a student still of it, you know, but I'm trying to open her mind to different directions she could go with it. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, yeah. did she, does she play, she plays like, like a folk harp, like a non-pedal harp or is she um, Correct. Yeah. going, move, moving into, uh, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think every, every harp student starts, I, I, well, I think 90% of them start on a, a non-pedal or a lever harp just because like the pedal harp is such a costly uh yeah instrument you know yeah and the one she's got you know good size lever uh adjustments and and she you know her first teacher was all folk music which is great mm -hmm. she'd be going through songs so like oh i know this song can we, can we play this together no dad <laughs> <laughs> um maybe someday uh, i've tried to get her to like play on my stuff and she's like nah Come on, it'd be great on this song. Oh well. Um, and then actually, the next thing I played for her is another one I want to talk about uh, before we get. Yeah, I want to. I want to 
delve into some of your background and learn more about you. But um, I just want to shout out this other, the Live at the Tavern release, which is actually, I guess, 20 years old, okay. but just came out this year. Um, and is yeah, it's a great set, a live set, folk music, great stuff. You got me then listening to Ann Briggs the rest of the afternoon after listening to that. Mm. So, uh, How did that come up to come out this year? Did somebody get you the tape recently or was it something you were just sitting on and decided? Uh, it, yeah, it was, it was really, um, it was, well, the, the guy, the guys from, um, a, ba a band called, uh, son of earth. It's not sons of earth. <laughs> trying to remember, uh, Aaron Rosenblum, um he he had been he had been recording uh, just a lot of sets that happened at hampshire college and and thereabouts like in, in the pioneer valley um and yeah he had i mean i mean actually i think i think i think this was recorded on cassette like the the originally but like he also kind of went on to i don't know i think he had things on mini disc I think oh, yeah. he might have had a dat recorder. I mean, he he kind of like has a you know, probably like you know boxes of stuff. It's a, a tape different. Yeah, I can yeah, relate to that behavior. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you allowed allowed it to surface this past year because it's just a absolutely terrific record, and I think it gives everybody an interesting look. And if you're like myself, uh, coming to your work by listening to Wet Tuna and then or reaching back into tower recordings and stuff, one could miss, just miss stuff. And it was then when I, I heard this, it was like, I really need to know more about what this guy's doing. <laughs> and uh, and started to discover more of your your records that have come out in the interim. Um, so yeah, where, let's take it back. Can we take it back to like, where where are you from originally? Uh, originally, uh, like I, I was born in the Bronx, New York, and we moved upstate when I was, was probably eight or nine. And um, I pretty much have lived around the the Northeast, um, you know, all, all my all my life. Um, I I started playing piano probably around like I was I was about 12 and then got into uh well I got into a few other instruments like I got into playing guitar probably pro probably I was like 14 or 15 and uh messing around with some uh like flutes flutes and recorders and stuff like that um harp came a little bit later because I, I have an older brother that got obsessed with uh i mean we, we, i guess we had seen seen some um people performing um uh, like irish music on the harp and um so eventually he he got he he got a harp and i would experiment with it a little bit and then eventually um uh uh, you know, I got I got one of my own. I've been through a few. Like I had one that self destructed um, due to the tension, um, but <laughs> uh, and probably Ill, Ill, Ill treatment. You know, but um, the uh, 
knock on wood the this one's going fine um <laughs> so um yeah i mean uh i i think like i i think one of the well one of the gateway drugs for me like in in uh and i i don't know if this was such a great idea but uh, like the big trying you know having trying a hand at like a lot of different instruments was uh getting introduced to the music of the incredible string band and uh, they just have just a vast arsenal of, of instruments and um so i you know like and, and they and they they had such a uh a free attitude about what they would have a go on but i mean a lot, a lot of the stuff they would really i mean they they could they could play do some too. really convincing uh they they you know they were they were they were making some really nice nice uh you know they were playing really well on on those on those instruments so um i i read something not too long ago um uh, i i i forget which i'm reading a series of you know i'm just constantly reading a, a bunch of different books on uh english folk and and whatnot or uk folk i should say and they um somebody goes to visit them pretty early on in their career and it, there's just the house is just full of instruments of all kinds and they just would sit down and just pick one up start playing you pick why don't you try that one you know they, and they were just they could just make a go of them as you say you know yeah and uh, yeah, it, and it comes through on the records. Pretty, pretty impressive. So, like, incredible string band is like not everybody was picking up on that uh, as a teenager. What? How how old were you? Say, would you say you were? Um, well, it, it was it was when I was in in high school, and I I it was it was a it was a high school friend of mine that in, in my class, like his parents had. I mean, they were you know they were hippies, you know, they, and they had, that, that was like one of their number one, they were oh, cool. huge fans of incredible string band. So um, that was where I was first exposed to it. And like, I, and honestly, I don't think I, I you know, like hearing a very cellular song for the first time, I, like, I, I recognized what, what that there was a lot of brilliance there, but it was a bit too, it was, it was as much for me like it just seemed like this seems like a monty python sketch or something because it's just so wacky and episodic <laughs> you know going through yeah. all these different you know different styles of music but but then there would be there would be these moments of like incredible uh, incredible beauty in the music and that would that would knock me out um and uh, well and then a, a, another uh uh sort of a, a sort of a lucky um happenstance for me was that that uh well my 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 friend my friend's uh, mother she got interested in what she she would go and see uh, like at that time like in the 80s uh, uh robin williamson he lived on the west he, he divided his his time from the on west coast and uh he would you know live maybe half the year in england so he would do a fair amount of like U.S. touring, just kind of like really, you know, simple solo touring, you know, right. have a car car full of instruments and stuff like that. So she wound up booking him 
locally in upstate New York at, at this church and, uh, you know, became friendly with him. And, and he would he, he would make an effort like if he was playing, like, say, New York City or or Boston or so, something like on the way to kind of like pack in an extra day maybe do something even as, as uh, do something like a house concert. Um, and wow. uh, like, I guess, un like, I understand now, like, you know, having done a little bit of uh, touring, like how, how that can be nice for a touring musician to be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this house concert. I have a place to stay. You know, it's like a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little easy. bit of a, di a different, like change of pace for just kind of like ru rushing around and stuff like that. So like, I, I can see that, you know, like that had, uh, that had an appeal for him too. Um, so yeah, he wound up, you know, I wound up seeing him play. Um, I mean, probably like over, over 10 times, you know? Wow. So that, that was really, that was really great. And, uh, where did you go to school? You were, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously leading towards uh, things like tower recordings and your connection to Matt. Were you at Purchase or where, where did you go to school? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went to uh, SUNY Purchase. Okay. Um, so, and that was, yeah, that was where, like, I, I, I met Matt through um, another, uh, uh, well, through, I guess it was through a couple of people, but it was mainly through uh, his friend Mark that he he had been he had been playing with, and then eventually we we had a, a band that was kind of more of a um, I guess it was more you know I don't know what you describe it. it was more of a kind of alternative rock kind of uh, it was it was more of like an aggressive sounding band that had like it had a little bit of like little bits of beef heart or. Uh, you know, sort of scronk and stuff like that in it. And um, eventually like that, that, that fizzled out. And um, uh, I guess I was at the, on the tail end of like, uh, I think, I, I think I was, yeah, I was graduating and um, I just wound up sort of living like locally right in the town, right next to uh, SUNY Purchase. And we started doing uh, tower recording stuff. Yeah, and that's a that's a body of work that one of these days we should somebody should sit down and we should do a proper proper look back at that because you know there's some um, some really is do I want to use I was going to use the word significant but there's some really it, it is significant I think it's really interesting work that you guys were doing it was not quite like anybody else at the time and. You know, I, I think we can see antecedents and things that, you know, it came from. But, uh, like, what is, what do you guys, when you're making this music at this group, what do you guys, uh, where you, where do you think you're coming from? Does that make sense? Is that a weird question? It's like when I asked somebody not too long ago, where, where do you get the nerve? I'm sorry if that's what, <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> what kind of question is that? I mean, I, I, I kind of thought that that, you know, the, the tower recordings was like, it, it was sort of a, a permission to be really like, you could be really playful, you know, like some, some of the stuff was, uh, it was meant to be, well, I, it was meant to be kind of funny. I mean, maybe it was, it was just funny to us. <laughs> it was kind yeah. of like d doing like sort of little, like almost little, uh, like genre studies, 
I mean, you know, some of it was coming from, uh, you know, if, if, I mean, because the stuff was recorded just so it was lo-fi. So it did, it did, it could tie into that kind of lo-fi movement, whatever of, you know, uh, like, you know, Sebado or guided by voices or, you know, some of those things, but th there was, there was also this kind of, um, you know, exploring a, a kind of like, a, you know, like, a, a, I mean, I guess it was like a wackiness, like anything could happen. The songs could kind of have any, any shape. Um, and I mean, I, I think it, it eventually, I mean, well, you know, it started off being, we just had like tons of miniature songs, which were <laughs> when we, when we, when we started trying to play live, it was very complicated to try to uh, execute it because like, like on the initial recording, like, you know, God knows who played what instrument. So we'd, we'd have to find a way to, to, to make it work. And I, I think eventually, you know, we're uh, just out of practicality, we started, you know, playing just sort of long, longer songs or the songs would be sort of like, there would like be objects floating in this soup of improvisation. Um, so, you know, it was it, that, 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 that lent for um, performances that weren't so like, so like episodic you know they're the um so that you know there'd be sort of and it grew into sort of long longer uh longer kind of jams and and maybe maybe a little bit more of uh you know op like openly embracing more kind of folk or acoustic instruments uh on stage the audacity to like include the word folk in you know an album mm -hmm. title and, <laughs> and so now you're just lumped in or offending yeah. someone or, or yeah birth. yeah yeah no this catalog is i mean i i don't even know for sure that i've heard it all i've listened to a lot of it and i have some of it and it's um it does shift to the i think uh you you use the word free I, I i think it's almost like a uh like a, a free jazz folk rock not with any of these intentions you know because folk rock has its own sort of like connotations that aren't really appropriate um but there's rock hints there's folk hints there's freedom i think that might be the most <laughs> accurate word um but yeah hell of a group um and then, uh, you know, as these things happen, it, it ended, came apart. You guys, people move or how did, how did this? Yeah, I it kind of, yeah. yeah, really kind of, you know, uh, it, 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 it really just sort of fizzled out, honestly. Yeah. People moving away. Um, I mean, there had been, I mean, there had been a couple in the band, um, but when they broke up, it did it continued for a little while uh, as you know, sometimes bands can do. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it just, yeah, it was, yeah, just more uh, kind of proximity and people, uh, you know, people getting involved, doing other things. 
like you know matt doing uh you know like a lot of uh a lot of solo work and work with uh with erica yeah and uh i had the pleasure of having matt on a while ago uh, i'm sure i'll say sometime in the introduction you know <laughs> what episode it was but i don't remember right mm-hmm. a second and i didn't look it up but uh and we got into that um but you also went on and started doing solo records i think before tower recordings over your first uh solo record there's a it's called parlor tricks and porch favorites and uh, yeah and, that was and right ar- that was... around that time is when this live recording was made i believe some of that 20 that's, years ago. yeah that's that's right yeah um yeah so that yeah that would be yeah that would be 2001 when it came out i think i had i think i had started working on the record well i mean it, it's it is kind of it's sort of half home recorded and half you know sort of culled together um in a studio but i i started working on it probably in 1999 um but yeah and uh th- actually that i i mean i think i mean if if everything goes uh according to plan and uh you know the pressing plants aren't so backed up um there's going to be a reissue of the parlor tricks record uh next year um and it's it, it's actually the 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 uh, the guys that originally put it out um they never, they, there's a, a label called Amish Records and they've never totally uh, thrown in the towel, but they've been kind of quiet over the years. Like every once in a while, something will come out. So, um, and this is something we were, we've been talking about kind of forever. So it's, um, it is a little bit weird that, you know, to think that, oh, well, that doesn't feel like 20 years ago. But, you know, and, and I guess we, I, I guess, you know, we missed the, uh, we missed the 20 year anniversary, but it's, you know, it'll be about a 20 year anniversary. Um, you, could, you could just blame Adele. Everybody else is. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. Yeah. Time uh, really gets away from you sometimes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They actually, they put out another one of yours. Uh, the, the well of memory uh, a few mm-hmm. years after that and um, yeah so this stuff though has uh, more of your like kind of like this live piece you know more of your British folk and stuff but influences I should say British folk influences mm-hmm. and such uh, reflected in it that- yeah definitely they were they're more um, I mean they're I guess they're, you know, half and half, uh, you know, songwriting. And then there's some instrumental. Um, I mean, some of the instrumentals are like, they may be a little bit like atmospheric or like a collage or something, but it is really, you know, it was a, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're like songwriting records or, I mean, I guess there are some kind of covers on them, but. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of, we'll, we'll kind of bounce forward. You actually, I, I did want to see you had two records on drag city as well. One of which I think is still available. It's available on vinyl. I saw it doing my research today. Mm. It is starry mind. It's okay. still that's available funny. on LP from drag city. So uh, oh, that's everybody, good. everybody rush out and get it before I do. 
No, I'm going <laughs> to probably order that in the morning. I, I, let's jump ahead a little bit because I really want to talk to you a little bit about wet tuna. So, you know, I'm you you worked on and off, I think you're on some of the other like MV and EE stuff, if I recall correctly. Um, long been in touch, obviously, long time collaborators, friends with uh, Matt Valentine. And then you guys, uh, God, what year was it? You guys dropped the first uh, Wet Tuna record. All I know is I was extremely excited to see it, see the announcements. Good God. It's been a minute. Uh, it was Living the Die was the first one. And there was a there was a little bit of something else that kind of leaked out right before that, right? But that was but living the die was twenty eighteen, so I guess probably twenty eighteen was when we heard the first like hints of it. And uh, and this is a duo, and just for everybody else's info, um, and it's pretty groovy stuff. So like, what's your approach or take here when you guys are working on wet tuna stuff? Mm. Well, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of more, you know, this, the stuff that I've done in wet tuna, it's like, I'm a bit, and I guess this is similar to um, working on the records, like the M M V E E records. I'm really more of like a, like in a, in an accompanying role. Okay. Um, I'm not really like bringing in uh you know, not really doing like songwriting, uh, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, you know, bringing, you know, occasionally I'll bring in some riffs or something or yeah, doing uh, improvisation. Obviously I, I can't correct you here, but I think you're so, uh, soft selling your role. It sounds pretty key to the ear when, you know, to hear the product it's, you know, it's different to me. It's quite different to me than listening to like Matt's record or a MVDE mm. record. I think the 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 work you guys do together is uh, particularly live, which I think we're gonna have to play everybody a little bit of live wet tuna. Uh, mm. It's just okay. got a there's a real connection between your playing that is you know sympathetic and really pleasant to the brain. So. Uh, Maybe we'll play that right here for everybody. Okay.
yeah, that project's been a lot of fun. Is there there, there more on the way? Uh, well, there there's, um, well, I mean, Matt uh, with his uh, with his sort of in in house label, like the uh, the Com label, yeah. uh, he has released uh, like, and this was over the pandemic. He released uh, like a few volumes of these mostly it's like cover it's cover songs um, the, the ode and, to a fake bookie mm-hmm. uh, collections yeah that's so right i know at least at least uh one of those or basically like uh, i guess it's like a two two volumes of it are going to be uh reissued by the uk label called hive mind who i i I, I guess I, I, I don't know if that if I was aware of them, but I mostly associate them more with kind of like um, uh, re- releasing um, um, uh, sort of like well international music or kind of similar to a similar vibe to like maybe Sublime Frequencies or something like that. Um, so, um, but they did they and. And I, I think like I'm, I'm under the impression that most of this other stuff is like more archival, although I think there are some like contemporary artists um, that that they that they do release. So that's something that's uh, coming down. Yeah, actually, that is out there on the Internet right now. If everybody wants to go to wettuna.bandcamp.com, you can you can order it, although it's a it's a UK. So enjoy that shipping cost but uh which i'm not testifying to i haven't clicked on it but yeah that you can pre-order that now it comes out in november late november so probably right around the time actually it comes out that's this week isn't it this month man has just flown by me i have no idea what time i'd like thanksgiving is in two days and i can't possibly like imagine how i'm gonna cook a turkey um, oh yeah, Imagine that. <laughs> like it seems like it should be at least. I need another week to prepare. Um, so yeah, that that drops real soon. So everybody, it's by the time everybody hears this conversation, it is actually going to be out. So, um, what else should we we should talk about Garcia Peoples because I am actually really curious about this. So I've been, I've had Tom on the show. I've been kind of following Garcia Peoples since uh, kind of early in their career and. Um, I was pretty surprised and psyched to see somewhere along the way they picked you up. How did you get involved mm-hmm. with Garcia Peoples playing keyboards and some flutes sometimes? Yeah. Um, I let's see. I met them through. I mean, they actually wound up when I when I moved out of out of New York City. Um, they wound up taking my my slot in the practice room that I had had for a number of years. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great room because it's, it's kind of, uh, it, you know, it's, it has a lot of, uh, a lot of history, uh, like the Louisville band, uh, Antietam have been in there since, I don't know how, how long and, um, other, other people that I, that I, like the reason why I, I was in there in the first place, like I, I started playing with, uh, Bob Bannister and Robert Dennis of uh, both Fire in the Kitchen and Tono Bungay. And they were, you know, 
they, they were they played uh, uh bob played guitar and robert was was the uh, was the drummer kind of in the i guess you would call it the electric pg6 band along with uh debbie schwartz on bass so uh so so it, it, it's kind of like this connection with this 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 room um and just like a circle of friends and uh i would i would see these guys out they it seemed like they would go out to like every every show um of you know i you know they would just they were really real diehards in terms of like going to see live music and i wound up seeing i wound up seeing uh, first time i met them i saw a band that was like the predecessor uh, which had like it had a different um, had a different songwriter that was cent- central to the band. Uh, it was a band called Harpoon Forever, <laughs> and I saw them play. Um, they played a show up near this bar near Columbia University with the Strapping Field Hands, who I've, I've been friends with for a long time, and they were just like this great band. And and uh, you know, I got talking with them, and just sort of built. Uh, you know, build build a friendship with them. Um, the, the the first couple of uh, things that I did with them um, were basically I just did like some like remote uh, keyboard recording and basically just kind of phoned it in to uh, to Jeff Ziegler's studio. Uh, you know, as we can in the in the age of the internet. And this was this wasn't even due to remotely as opposed yeah. <laughs> to the uh, the other phoning it in as it might be. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this this was you know this was you know uh, just due to scheduling rather than to any uh, you know pandemic restrictions. Sure. Uh, so uh, wind up doing that, um, and I think the the next time around, uh, I did a little bit more recording, but actually went to uh jason mars studio black dirt uh studio in uh, upstate new york and hung out with them and uh did some recording there and kind of just just eventually like you know uh started playing like the occasional show with them and uh it sort of grew, grew from there you know they're they're a whole whole lot of fun to to hang out with um and uh and to and to play with it's pretty uh pretty pretty laid back so it's um yeah it's been good cool yeah i mean it's uh as we were saying at the top i mean those guys they got some songs they like to open up a little bit i was listening to something that was this was the the drive south to richmond this this morning was uh something they've got on Bandcamp, a, a show from july that was uh it's pretty good you know and just uh got mm-hmm. some songs hang together well but then you know some stretchy bits mm-hmm. <laughs> that are you know kind of fun to listen to uh they're fun to, I, I hope they're fun to play because i really like that bit i like that stuff um mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, they're they're cool band. It's cool band. As yeah, like I said, I was pretty psyched to see your name associated with them uh, uh, when that started to you know happen. When I saw it on the records, I guess probably the first place. So, Mm -hmm. so uh, what's 
what else what's next you know you're you're re-releasing some of this older stuff are you gonna Mm -hmm. maybe get out and uh play some solo performances uh i mean i i am not i wouldn't rule it out um (laughs) fair i i I do have like i i've had um i do have a like a collection of songs that i i i've been meaning to record and and actually like I, i did one attempt at it but it didn't quite wasn't quite working out so um you know i i sort of pulled pulled the plug on it um but i i guess those those are a little bit more leaning towards like the you know acoustic acoustic music and they might like there's songs that focus a little bit more on uh on celtic harp and um i mean I don't know how it will turn out because things have a way of, uh, you know, getting like, you know, they have their own life, but I mean, I, I, I am kind of envisioning it as being, being a kind of a little bit more of a, you know, a stripped down record than say, you know, um, that, uh, the story mind record, which really felt like a, a band, a band record, or it really was a band record. So, um, so that that's kind of like the next uh, thing on on the horizon for me, and it'll just it just means like kind of you know yeah, kind of just just focusing and you know it's it, you know it's a, it's like a, it's a yeah you you run in those interesting problems of you know you. Uh, yeah, you might like you take a stab at recording these songs and you're not satisfied. And um, I mean, you know, some of it honestly is just like, you know, you have to put some time in and practice and try to keep your voice in good shape and all those all those kind of things, you know, you'll you'll <laughs> you'll you'll get better results that way. So uh yeah, I guess I'm feeling as I, you know get getting older my voice is you know it could use some help it's you know it's kind of a little bit tighter and creakier than than it was so um need some tlc yeah get it back I, in the shape <laughs> i i do my singing in the morning um mm-hmm. for yeah i i've recorded some stuff in here and uh yeah i, I do actually almost all of my stuff is it, strangely in the morning like i like to i like to write in the morning i like to record in the morning um and it bleeds into the afternoon but uh mm-hmm. yeah you know I'm, I'm really bad though i drink coffee before i sing which i'm apparently you're not supposed to it's not not but whatever feels good Keeps yeah. me awake. <laughs> um, but yeah you know you just have to find that uh find that place i also can very much relate to the you know, recording a song and then it's just, this is not what I wanted this song to be or thought, you know, yeah, I've had to put yeah, stuff I mean, away, you know, you start recording it and you're like, okay, this is how I think this song goes. And then you put something else on it and you put something else on it. And you're like, maybe this isn't how this song goes. And mm-hmm. You got to walk away from it. Yeah. Maybe and... Yeah. I, I think it, you know, uh, like ultimately it was, you know, it w- might've been, 
kind of a uh, it wasn't such a bad thing that those recordings were not you know they're they're like that i wasn't wasn't feeling them because uh you know you you give it a little bit more time and maybe your relationship to the material uh can you know it develops a little bit and um yeah and you know it's it's you know it's a it's funny thing like you know you just all you can do is show up and try it and you know are you uh looking to like are are you doing this stuff in in a you're booking a studio or are you doing the uh, doing home recording or uh you know initially i i was going to do the do these recordings in a studio but i i i think i'm just going i i think i'm my my goal is just to record the stuff at home and um you know if if i wind up wanting or needing to do do them again i i think this you know it can only be uh uh i i think the 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 acts of uh you know just working on them again like after them and put aside for a while i i think that's totally worthwhile you know uh, oh yeah so so um yeah i mean i i'm i'm leaning towards uh doing them at home because it, I, it sort of feels like it, it feels like a little bit more of a more uh, intimate kind of music. Cool. Well, I'm look forward to whatever you can uh, concoct for us. Well, Pat, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. This has been fun. Uh, we'll play everybody a little bit of the uh, tape uh, with AKA Louise Bach. Uh, all summer mm-hmm. long is gone and um and i hope they dig it and uh we'll tell them where to find it and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, and um yeah this has been this has been great thank you yeah thanks thanks so much for having me yeah man Yeah. <laughs>
as I wander through the trees I'm picking up the windy leaves I wonder where you may be sleeping now you go your way, my love, go your way, my love. May the west wind speed your travels, and the sun be on your head. So you've just heard PG-6 singing an Ann Briggs song, Look Her Up Kids, on his recent Live at the Tavern release. As we mentioned, that was recorded 20 years ago, but first uh, released just this year. I absolutely adore that album. Before that, it was Broken Rain from the PG-6 and Louise Bach release, All Summer Long is Gone. A lovely meditative album, that one. It's highly recommended. Both of those are available from Feeding Tube Records at feedingtuberecords.com. Now let's get into some Grateful Dead. 
I am dialing into a show just before the legendary and extremely well-known, well-circulated, and widely released Fillmore run at the end of the month, but this time we're in Philadelphia on February 15th, 1969, just uh, playing a few songs from a typical epic long show, and I will uh, warn you that the 11 fades out where the tape cuts, so don't blame me. I hope you enjoy what I do have for you. Uh, Sit back and dig the ride and let me know how you feel by tweeting at me or dropping me a line on Instagram at BrokeDownPod. I will be back soon. Until then, be well. Of the moon, I hold the 